everybody. Welcome back for another week of Mega Sheen, your podcast of gay and geeky things told from a Black geek perspective. I am Victor. And I'm Nick. Yes, Nick is back after welcome, traveling. All welcome, be back. Minutes. You know, he's been out there saving the world. Child, exploiting the world. But yeah, I'm back. <laughs> and it's it's been... It's, it was a it was a good tour. Uh, it was thirteen weeks. Uh, went to Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Nebraska, West Virginia, and well, Kansas and Arkansas. Lord, some of those places. Nebraska. Oh, I remember driving through Nebraska. <laughs> I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> like we were in Lincoln, and Lincoln is a college town, hands mm-hmm. down. But uh, it was, it was not the worst of the cities that we went to. The worst of the cities was absolutely Charleston, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. If I ever have to go to West Virginia again in my fucking life, when I tell you, bitch, they still had a a fucking Shoney's. Well, (laughs) you don't like Shoney's? I ain't stepped foot in the Shoney's in like 25 years. Oh, Lord. Well, they still have one in Nashville. I know that's how I went to it. (laughs) But Mm. we have have Big Boy here in in California. They don't. Okay. Big Boy. Big Boy is one thing. Mm. Shoney's is a completely different ballgame. Like that, you might as well say you got a Ponderosa. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like Ooh, we still have sizzler though so i can't i can't put los angeles above anything at this point i thought sizzler went out of business no sizzler is here we still got a couple of sizzlers um the only reason i know sizzler is from girlfriends honestly <laughs> when tony would have taken mom to sizzler uh when uh she got drunk at her uh party yeah that's about it. Did you go to Shoney's though? Did you go in or you or you... hell no, I didn't go to no motherfucking <laughs> Shoney's. Like they got I ain't left nothing in nobody's Shoney's. They got a salad bar. Ooh. <laughs> a salad bar in West Virginia and the Shoney's. Let's Oh Lord. That, well, that means it has fries in it. <laughs> mm. Fuck around and get corona. Probably so. For real. Lord. West Virginia. I, I've been to Virginia. Mm-hmm. West Virginia is, you know, that's where the, those wrong turn movies take mm. place. Now, I will say, a Kansas, Wichita was cute. Um, Wichita has this uh, martini bar car called Mort's. Uh, and if you ever go, make sure you go on a Monday mm-hmm. because Mondays is half price and you get top shelf shit for like cheap, cheap. I got drunk over there for like 16 bucks. <laughs> like 16 bucks. Hell, uh-huh. that's one drink here. That is one uh-huh. in Los Angeles. I it's, see, we were always, we had our group. I had me, my assistant manager, my sales coordinator, and one of the uh, truck people. We had our little group called Mimosa Mondays. And every, every city... We would find a new place, wake up early. Well, not too early, but uh, um, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back at uh, Kentucky. <laughs> so. Wow. Um, wow. 
there, you know, I do miss where alcohol was cheap. You know, Kentucky, Tennessee, all those places where you get a 32 ounce for under $12 or under $15, which is that bad. But wow, to $16. $16, girl. It's a fantasy over here. And they had like jazz bands. The band that they had, um, what was it, Monday, Monday and Tuesday, the days that we went. They had some awesome ass uh, bands that did jazz covers. I was like, oh yes. And uh, the last time I was there, 2020, before COVID hit, they had some uh, people doing some really good covers of some songs. And I'm like, okay, Wichita, they got a little, little uh, talent up through here. And when we were in El Paso, uh, there was this place, it was called Mona's. And they had some some of the best DJs I have heard in a very long time. And I think Monus was like a straight bar or whatever. I was like, oh no, this motherfucker is this motherfucker spitting. So yeah. definitely go to Monus. Um, oh, and before we go to another topic, in San Antonio, I had one of the best haircuts. I have ever had in my life. It was this little Hispanic army guy. Um, and it was down by like the riverfront, I think. Yeah, down by the nearby the riverfront. And that motherfucker, it must have been like I was in there for an hour. Got me a beer, and this was like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> you know, that don't make me no never mind. Uh <laughs> So he was like, oh, this this haircut wouldn't look good, but this won't look good. I'm doing this because of this and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, that's what I expect now from a barber. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what doesn't look good on my head. Tell me, oh, your forehead is too big, so we're going to have to give you bangs or whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> you know, do that. Um, but that was... It was an amazing haircut. I forgot the name of the place, but it's it's nearby the waterfront, y'all. So if you're ever in San Antonio, Antonio. look oh, for that place. That that sounds pretty cute. All that stuff. Got a good haircut. Got some mm -hmm. good alcohol. Um, I'm sure you know. You know, you had a good time. All that good stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Good. It was good. Uh, Y'all can't see Nick, but Nick's face is glowing. So, you know, he's been really enjoying uh, you know, his trip and all that stuff. So, you know, I, that freedom of getting out, you know, after a year of pandemic foolishness. Yeah, we haven't really talked about that since I had left right around when everything was starting to open back up. So how has it been in L.A.? Well, we, well, you know, even we were in the middle of it, we was still functioning. Like last year at this time, we were still functioning. You just had to go get stuff. You couldn't really sit anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. They did start having some sit out stuff, but it was very limited. Then it kind of blew up. And then in November, we went mm -hmm. right back to lockdown. Um, but since we opened back up, it has been very interesting like it's been times like we, some of us who were second guess ourselves not wearing a mask because it's like you know you're fully vaccinated but you may go into a walmart or a target and it's like should i put my mask in because everybody else but you realize that 
not everybody has has their entire doses. Some have one dose. Some just mm-hmm. now got their first dose. So I'm like, you just now got your first dose. Like it's it's kind of not to judge people, but it's like, wow, it's I got my I finished mine at the end of you know March, early April. Right. Folks are just like, oh well, I just now got mine. I'm like, oh okay. Um, but it's been very interesting to watch. Um, we're back to we're somewhat back to normal. Um, for example, the <laughs> on the 15th. When they, um, uh, June 15th, they let up everything. Right. Um, and that night, I remember I was driving down Sunset and within five miles or three miles, there was like four or five wrecks. <laughs> I was like, we are back to normal because y'all are already killing yourselves out here in the streets. Like, it's like y'all already in peril. But um, it's, been, it's been nice to like, you know, for example, to go into the mall and to smell different colognes, like actually can smell it. Right. It's like the poor woman has to go and then spray it on the thing and hand it to you. Just like, girl, this is not, this is not how this works. But you can go in there. I felt bad for um, Bath and Body Works because now everybody's back to normal, smelling everything, mm-hmm. uh, just doing everything. But it's kind of nice to where you don't have to wear a mask. Realize that we've worn a mask for over a year. So it did feel weird to not wear it. Um, the gyms are back. Everything is back. However, there is an uptick of COVID because those who have not been vaccinated are really getting it now and with the variants. So, you know, mm-hmm. you have, you know, Alpha Kappa Alpha variants out here. <laughs> just, you know, it's growing. And so I'm just right. like, okay, are we going to have another lockdown? Because again, last year we didn't have a summer in Los Angeles. Now we do with all the hoes out, you know, the sex parties are back, the pool parties are back, everything yep. is back. Uh, I'm like, yeah, and I bet we'll have an uptick. And I hope, I really hope that the variants don't, because, you know, it is breaking through some folks who have been vaccinated. I'm just hoping that that doesn't grow because that will really change the trajectory of, you know, what we do in Los Angeles. And I know work-wise, um, we're still operating in a hybrid model. Like certain things are done virtually and then some things will be done you know, in pu- like they can do stuff in public, but inside spaces is like, you can only operate 75%. Um, for mm-hmm. those larger colleges, they are still trying to figure out. I love you because where I'm at, it's a, it's a small college, but the big ones are really trying to figure out what's gonna work. Um, also what's gonna, like how many people to bring back I've been going back, but I was going back to the office a lot last year. Anyway, I'm going back more because I also have um, I, my the first six weeks are basically all me. So I have to, you know, do all that big planning for all those things. But um, we're slowly coming back and folks are like, I'm not coming back until August. I'm like, y'all better start coming back now so you can get used to coming into the office because <laughs> if you don't, right, it, it's already a little tough to like do it because you're so used to like, oh, I have a meeting at nine o'clock. I can just roll out of bed at 8.30, you know, and just get ready for that meeting. Not if you got that commute. <laughs> yeah, now you got to commute. You got to be like, well, you got to roll out of that bed earlier. And if you're like me, who likes to go to the gym and stuff in the morning, that means you're back at the getting up at six, doing mm-hmm. all that. And luckily I have neighbors who like to get up uh. at 5.30 because everybody works here. And I felt really bad quick story i felt really bad because someone they were wondering like 
does he work? What does he do? I'm like, I work. But I, there's so, then, but one guy was like, oh, he's not an essential worker like us. I'm like, oh, don't say it like that. I mean, come on. I'm like, I, I just, I have to go to work too. But, you know, it was just kind of right. like interesting that people get up early and go to work super early here so I can hear them uh, getting up. It wakes me up, which is good. It's like, okay, it gets me up, gets me ready to go. But in overall, Los Angeles is kind of back and overly busy. Everybody's out. Everybody's doing stuff. Uh, when I do laundry later, it's, I'm sure it's going to be just people just all over the place for no reason. Just out. Right. Just out just to be out. Yeah. And it, it, again, that's good. You know, we just had Pride. We had Black Pride. <laughs> We had Black Pride, and I say it like that just because it was just um, Black Pride with no black. Um, it was Black Pride <laughs> in the whitest space, so it was Black Pride in WeHo, which should never happen again. Um, there was a mm. lot of issues um, with, with the, that happened with the guests. Um, Chica was one of the guests who was going to perform. Um, she's a Grammy-nominated uh, rapper in a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently the, 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 the person who was working on the overall event just went off on her, was fat shaming her, all these things, really horrible, um, all on Twitter. Uh, we were posting all that stuff that was happening. Kalani, if y'all know Kalani, is, is, is friends of Chica, which was going to show up um, the night of the big event, but decided not to because of what happened. We were like, that would have been a big thing if, you know, Kalani would have showed up. Honestly. Right. Um, some of the events had a lot of white people there at, at first before it thinned out and started having black folks. Um, there was not really any ads to say like, this is a black event. Um, and was no one, and to be honest, I felt like we should have been telling white folks to leave <laughs> because it's like, it's not really for them. I mean, like, we ho is all there. So we just asked for one weekend that y'all just not here. Um, uh, right. That was just, it was something, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, clown on the, on the, on the organizers because they, they, they were trying to do something, but hopefully in the future, they will not try to do another Black, of, Black Pride events in WeHo. There's so many places in Los Angeles they can take advantage of, mm-hmm. and especially now because a lot of places, you know, was empty or they need the business. They would have been glad to let us, you know, take over places in Venice and or, or anywhere closer to Compton or anything close to the airport like it used to be um, where we used to take over entire hotels. So I hopefully in the future they'll get better with this. Uh, but you know, some things have kinks and it is what it is. Um, but yeah, and overall, right. Los Angeles is back on track. Um, as I was saying before, all the pool parties are back. So, <laughs> um, you know, mm. Yeah, all that's happening. Yeah, pool parties. All the bear <laughs> parties are happening. I have been invited to several. Um, and I'm just like, oh, okay, y'all are really back. Um, we did go to one event. <sighs> uh oh. Hoes are out. Tell a story. All that I am going to say, you know, these folks were happy to be back because. <laughs> I was meeting some friends at uh, an event and they had a tent out there for people to go in. Let's just say one of my friends went in that tent, did not come out for over an hour. And he was like, 
he was like, well, you know, he threw it in my face. He was like, well, Victor, now everybody has somebody they can lay up with. And I was like, you have to say it like that. But <laughs> I was like, now everybody, has, now everybody has somebody they can get with. So for those of us who spent a year not, you know. Locked down. Yeah, not getting back shots or getting their cheeks clapped. They, they made up for it that night. Come on, making up for lost time. And you know, and and that's what that's what people are saying. It's like we're making up for lost time. I didn't get to do nothing. Cause you know, some people actually did play it smart. I was like, I'm not trying to get nothing, because you know, who knows what you could have got <laughs> doing COVID. Right. So some people really didn't do a thing. And you know, so they was like, once that 15th passed, they were out. And it was funny because this party happened on the 16th. They were ready. It was like the minute this lifted got this party ready to go. And I was like, Lord, they're mm. out there. Um, so there are more events coming. Um, and, you know, like Onyx will have their events. And if you know Onyx, Onyx is a black uh, black and brown leather group. Um, mm-hmm. And they have their events. And I'm not going. I'm just, I'm just You should go. Oh, why? why? I want to go, but I don't need to go. Oh, one of those. Okay. No, we don't need to go because you know people are, are talking doing big talk and i just don't need to be in that space girl you better get your you better get your judge <laughs> i mean i'm sure i have you know you know friend of the show mark and some of the others you know they 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 would love to be in those type of spaces at this point and, and they're going to be live I, I think i may go to support because i always go to support them um, so I'll probably go, um, you know, <laughs> just see what's going on. But ooh, mm. yeah, it's it's hot out here in these streets. Oh, apparently, <laughs> fucking <laughs> hussies. If you ever in California, you should go to an Onyx event, but you may not need to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have to go. I don't have to. Because I think they operate, they have different chapters in different cities, don't they? Mm-hmm. I think they have one in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they have one, they have one near me. So, I mean, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if, the, uh, if it comes up, I, I mean, if the opportunity arises, I mean, I might partake in one of those events. Yeah. But I mean, if nothing else, it's black people in predominantly white spaces. Mm-hmm. So it's good that Onyx has those those chapters, because you know you always see you know the white the same white people in the time of Finland outfits or whatever the hell. So it's always cool to see not just black people but black and brown people and trans people too in these spaces because there's a lot of trans i know a lot of trans people in the leather community yes and it is that's one of the reasons why i go i go just i go to not only to support but to just celebrate us um mm-hmm. celebrate us in our freedom and you know i, I i'm not I'm 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 kind of i wouldn't say vanilla but i really don't go as far as some people go you know with their kids oh yes but, um, but, you know, I'm always there to celebrate and see and all that good stuff. Um, and, you know, um, you know, I was, I, I think the last, uh, actually the party that I went to, 
um, recently, um, there was someone who was like, you know, you, you really need to get into a harness. So I'm like, I, I'm good. But you know, I'm gonna actually try one on because we went to Palm Springs and everybody bought stuff with me, but I'm going to, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try and see. Um, as my friend said, or a pack of, you know, jock straps. I'm like, I'm going to order a pack. Wait, you don't have any? No, I don't have any. Because to me, that is a little, you already know, because you know, I get on Twitter and be like, y'all really wearing jock straps? But I would, because I don't. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Because, I mean, I wear some when I go running mm-hmm. to hold everything in place. Like, uh- a jock strap does that? No, it doesn't. You can't be wearing uh, no pop of the fly boxers when you're out <laughs> running because all your shit is just flopping from to and fro. So, like, uh, not even from a sexual standpoint, a jock strap is to hold that shit together when you go running. Mm-hmm. That's primarily why I wear them. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand you. Mr. Mr. Gentleman, I do not understand it. I I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I think I I need to try um, to see. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna go to the store. We have plenty of places here. I'm gonna put it on, see what it is, maybe laugh about it, and then call it a day. Now harnesses are overly expensive. I don't even know why these. It, they two belts. <laughs> they two bells. I don't. I don't understand why they're expensive either. I don't harnesses. either. Um, you might can do your, um, you know, D and I, D and Y, whatever you call it. Make your own. But I just feel like that's a lot. But I'm, I'm going to see what this whole jock strap thing is all about. Um, just to see what the big deal is. Um, I have, yeah. Because when I go to Onyx events, I'm always asked to do this, and I'm like. I, there's like, I, you know, I'll get like compliments, like, you know, I think you look good. And well, I'm like, I don't think I will, but everybody keeps saying that maybe I'll do it, but I'll, you know, wear it for like maybe 10 minutes and then I'll go ahead and put my shorts back on. And then that's about it. But you know, I don't want to be out here in the streets. Cause you know, I, you know, my mama is still out here living. Girl, like, ain't nobody asking <laughs> you to wear like a dog mask and put a tail and go find a master. It's just. Yeah. Well, they have those out there too. Um, I don't, so, that's something I don't understand. That seems like some white people shit for real. Well, you know, they love it though. Um, one of my friends, he has pups. And I was like, I don't know if I, cause he, he mentioned something. He was like, could you met, like, would you be a pup? I said, I would not be a pup. I'm not a dog. I would just be, we can, we can have that. You can have your little fantasies one-on-one to whatever you do. But I was like, I just don't know about that. That's a little strange for me. Yeah, it's a little bit much for me. But you know, if you enjoy it, you know that's good for you. I don't, I don't, I don't want to knock anybody's king or anything else. That just is that just I don't really see the appeal of that. Other stuff, I you know, I'm 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 beginning to see a little bit more. But again, when Onyx had their events, I'm gonna go and support, um, and you know and see what goes on there. And it's good, again, it's good to see Black folks. Just really good to see Black folks out and everything else. And, you know, again, it's been a year, so a lot of folks are just, you know, full of the Dark Phoenix, ready to, like, just do all types of stuff. <laughs> and look, that woman didn't do anything to anybody except blow up a, uh, blow up a planet. 
let's see, what have you been, since we're just kind of talking and catching up and this is pretty much the tea right now, have right. you been watching Loki? I have been watching Loki and I am glad that what we on our last episode this week. Mm-hmm. Next week will be the last. Because yeah. This yeah, this upcoming episode will be the last. So I am glad that we're getting to the finale because Loki is not doing it for me. Yeah. Like I I'm excited of what, what they have, but mm-hmm. I'm grading it based off WandaVision and Loki is just not it's just not that girl. Mm. And I, I'm like, what, just get to the fucking point. Because Loki has never been my a, a villain that was a favorite of mine. I thought he was like slimy and like, and I know that his, that's the personality of Loki, but I, it's just like, I'm only watching it because I know it is it goes through this whole part of the MCU. That's the only reason I'm watching it. So other than that, I'm like, I could give two shits about Loki. The character. Uh Tom Huddleston, he's playing the shit out of him per usual. I just I'm like, meh. Yeah. That that's my opinion of Loki. I it's not it's not as high as it's not as up there as one division or um, Falcon when the soldier was for me but it is it's entertaining but it but I love the fact that it does go kind of through it goes through the wider universe but also is setting up to what we will have to be dealing with which will be the multiverses and mm-hmm. that but also seeing different characters pop in, pop out. Um, the latest one where we had the different Loki variants was nice to see because they brought the old school Loki back and, you know, yeah. for us who remember that costume, that was a lot. But they also brought in Kid Loki and Alligator Loki, which is really great because in a lot of ways it's adorable to see those two, but it's also really, we, we realized after seeing Kid Loki, we we finally have all the Young Avengers. Like We, we now know who all of are so we've seen them all mm-hmm. we've seen hawkeye we've, we've seen um you know the, the the two brothers um you know wiccan and um whoever the fuck yeah and the fast one <laughs> i'm yes. not gonna the fast one we you know we've seen patriot we've seen now kid loki we've seen miss america is also she will be appearing soon so we're, we've seen a lot of them where they all been cast um iron heart's been cast to a point where we can maybe see a Young Avengers at one point. So it's been mm-hmm. kind of neat to see it, but yeah, like you, there's been talking like, okay, let's get to, so what are we trying to achieve? That has been- Right, I'm like, it's not like they're, the pace, there's nothing wrong with the pacing. It's just maybe, I don't see, I don't know, I. it's just, it's just not, it's not hitting for me and I'm, I know it's somewhat unfair to grade Loki on what WandaVision did because they're two different 
stories, the two different approaches on, on how to tell a story. However, they're, they both are in the same, hopefully what they're setting up for at the end of the, se the season finale will get me hyped for whatever comes next. Yeah, because you know this is kind of, kind of the end of this phase. And then we'll go into the Miss Marvel, the She-Hulk, all that stuff will be, I guess, the next yeah. pieces that are coming through. But also we'll be getting ready for, you know, this uh, Doctor Strange movies, we'll, uh, another um, Guardians of the Galaxy, another Thor. So these movies are coming out, you know, probably starting with next year and all that greatness. It's just going to be, um, I'm just curious to see what the direction that we're going into um, because this is a different thing. It's a whole different generation-ish that will be taking over. And also, we we, mm -hmm. we did see at the end of um, Falcon and Winter Soldier or Captain America and Winter Soldier now um, that, you know, Valentina, uh, who used to be in S.H.I.E.L.D., is gathering her own Avengers in some form. Mm -hmm. So we're, you know, that's going to be at something the, that either... They at the Legion of Doom. Yeah. So we are either the Thunderbolts the Dark Avengers, which was also a thing, or just something entirely different. So we'll see what's, you know, mm -hmm. what's gonna come from that. Um, especially because a lot of odd and fun villains are in She-Hulk. So we may see some of them really flourish in that series, however they do they will do it. We do know that um I forgot her name, she's in legendary, she's gonna be a villain. So um oh, oh yeah, Jamila. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But Loki has been, you know, it's kind of the it's kind of the slow burn. And maybe it's what we need for right now. Um, Probably, yeah. Yeah, because, it's you know, and then being Black Widow is kind of the the movie that, that has kickstarted back everything, going back to the theater and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Nick hasn't seen it yet. I've seen it twice. Um, it's, okay, I'm, going, I'm planning on seeing it today. Okay. Which is Sunday, so. We'll, we'll talk, see. we'll give a review on it, see, you know, see what, how y'all feel. But, you know, it was cute. We'll just leave it at that. It was cute for me. Uh, I would love to hear what Nick has to say after he's, <laughs> he's seen the movie. I think you will like certain <laughs> characters. I think you will like certain characters. I think you will enjoy that. Okay. Um, let's see. We'll see. Um, so, you said, uh, you, you mentioned Legendary. Have you seen the second season? I have saw, seen parts of it. I have not finished it yet. Um, it's been very oh, interesting okay. to watch, um, uh -huh. especially when, you know, certain groups, and I, I, don't, I know some people have not finished it yet, but certain groups are, you know, calling out the judges. I was like, oh, okay. Now let's, uh, no, cause you know, this is gonna be a spoiler. If you haven't seen the second season of Legendary, if you want to stop, stop it right now. Go watch the whole season. However, let me get into this because this just irked the shit out of me. <laughs> so uh, they had um, Hal Satishi. Hal Satishi had been doing the damn thing. They blew the the pop art uh, ball out of the water. They blew, um, what's the other one? Where they were um, army men. Yeah. They blew that out of the water and they have been on such a level that I was like, okay, they are going to be in the grand finale. 
okay, so they have one bad night and all of a sudden they're in the bottom and then they get sent home. And one of the, the house members read the judges, rightfully so. And then all of a sudden, uh, Megan is calling somebody a bitch and then Law, the, Law is a fucking messy queen to begin with. Uh, and Law is saying, oh, uh, when we uh, go up for you, we live for you and then now you can't take criticism but there was an unedited version of what she said to the judges and rightfully so. So I don't understand how, I don't understand how the judges are grading them. Are you grading them through the entire season or are you grading them on just that one performance? Because it's okay if this was just, if this wasn't a scripted competition if you were, if this was just a one night, we're going to have a ball and the judges, he scores and that performance then and there is what we're grading you on. And that's one thing, but you're taking that format and putting it into a scripted reality competition. That format does not work for what you're wanting to do to reach the masses. So you, in my opinion, should have based it off of the entire season. And you didn't. So why did you send them home? Why did you send the Tishis home? It was just some bullshit. Yeah. And I, I, I'm like, okay, so at this point, don't do a third season. Even though I know y'all got renewed for a third season. If you want to do a third season, why don't you do a documentary about houses and whatnot? Yeah. Don't do a competition. Yeah, because I was struggling with you. Met you have one bad night that just takes away everything else. Because everybody had a bad night before it, before Tishi did. So it's like, right? I was like, mm, okay. And I and, I, and you know, sometimes the judges were spot on. There were times where you can tell they were. Each group was like maybe watching each other, to make sure what the next move would be. You'd be like, oh, that's a little sloppy, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and, and law is messy. I was like sitting there, like law, like how is law. Just, <laughs> I don't understand his. I don't understand his um, connection to ballroom. Like I understand Laomi's hands down. Yes, she's yes. the Amazon. She's the superwoman. She perfected the three sixty dip. Yes. However, a lot of these judges, um, I don't understand when they had a homeboy from P Valley. Mm-hmm. That was a good judge. When they had uh, Amina, Amina, Amina Scott, yeah. she was a good judge. Everybody else, um, when they had Dominique Jackson from last uh, <laughs> season, those were good judges. Now I'm like, yeah. why the fuck last year y'all had fucking Kelly Osborne? I want to see that white bitch uh, giving nobody tens. Like, I don't. Yeah, I was like, like why, why is she? Let's talk about. After what her mother did, even right. after what Kelly said at one point when she was trying to make a point about Mexicans cleaning Trump's toilets. And I, I remember that. I remember that. She thought she was, she had just knocked this shit out the water. And everybody was like, bitch, what the fuck are you yeah, talking about? like, no, about? girl, you can't be saying that in front of, no, I don't think Sonny, no, I think Sonny was in that group at that point. I can't remember. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, I was like, you can't be saying that in front of, especially in front of Sonny, because Sonny gonna look at you and be like, "No, let me get you together, girl. Get you together quick, because <laughs> because uh, you can't get nothing past Sonny." But at the same time, you know, I didn't understand why Kelly was there. The Tiffany Haddish one was interesting. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I I think Tiffany. I don't even know what to say about that one. Yeah, there was a part of me that's like, maybe they should pay attention to how RuPaul gets his guests. Because you, when you look at it, it's like, oh, they got somebody. Because you like, that person, yeah, they were kind of influenced. Like, if they, if they ever, get, they had Natalie Cole. Of course, Natalie Cole. Natalie Cole was, is a legend. Of course, mm-hmm. you would have somebody like that there. And it made sense to this day, that clip of Natalie Cole watching, him, watching the girls do This Will Be is classic. That is always something that will be. To have people like Kelly Osborne or even Tiffany Haddish to some degree, it's a little tricky. Uh, I know some people were like, "Why is Megan the judge?" I'm like, "No, I kind of get it." Because I don't get it. I don't. I don't, I don't get it. Really, I kind of get it because I know she's big with with the young gays. Like, young gays love her. That is all the black, especially the young black gays. You go to a lot of events. She's played all the time. So I get that to a degree, um, but I wish there were more legendary judges or people who have done things over the years. Like if we had people from the house of, of Ninja, like more of them like sitting in there. If I, I think, was, if I was I, part of those houses, I will feel like I have the legends in front of me judging me. Like Jamila is only a judge because she's co-EP on there. Yeah. That's, I don't give a damn what anybody says different. That's just the fact. Yeah, I don't know why Law's up there. I know why Naomi's up there. I don't know why Megan's on there. Like, and uh, the all of the cre- like if we're talking which je- guest uh, gives the best critique, Naomi always gives the best critiques to me. Mm-hmm. Megan's always, oh, I didn't feel it, or oh, I didn't understand it, or oh, her critiques don't make sense. And the fact that if this is a competition, give me, give me the critique that say, oh, do this or do that. I, it doesn't, and, and I'm not taking away anything from her as a rapper, as a performer. She just doesn't make sense as a judge in a ballroom. Now you could get different judges that have a legendary or icon status in the ballroom mm-hmm. just because the general public doesn't know, that doesn't mean that they are irrelevant or some somehow inferior. Mm-hmm. You introduce them to the public to make the public know them. Mm-hmm. Like that, to say that, oh, the public doesn't know them is a bullshit excuse and frankly a cop out. Mm-hmm. So I, I will probably be back for another season <laughs> because I do, I enjoy the, learning about the houses. Yes. However, I think that that kind of formula needs some tweaking. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll say that. Um, it, it would make sense to me if we if we had more legendary judges or people with legendary status, icon status as judges. Or if they, if they had people like Janet Jackson to judge, I'd be like, I get it because I- yeah. Janet Jackson, because a lot of her music was played in the balls. Jody Watley. Jody Watley mm-hmm. was a huge influence to 
um, the black and trans community back in those days. Like if you have people like that, like if Jody Wiley was like, I'm a judge, I'm like, I understand. Like it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. You think about, you know, Jody Wiley's history. She's worked with nothing but gays. If, you, if y'all look at this, um, still a thrill video, that was, <laughs> that was basically her working with a gay man. I've got his name and what they, what he, his significance, but it was that. What, so Malcolm McLaren was it? she worked with uh i'm not sure i want to say there was a lot i have to go back and really look at it but jody wiley was huge for those who don't know jody wiley is a pop r&b artist but she was very big to our community back then back then she was played at all the black events a lot of the balls a lot of things were kind of based off how jody wiley would do things and jody wiley would do a lot of things based on what she experienced from the gay community so if they had people like that as judges, I will get it. Again, some of this stuff, I'm just like, mm, okay. The, the the Kelly Osbourne took me out. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, and the um, oh, what was that? The Adam Lambert was a, a guest judge, and I'm like, okay, just because he's gay, don't mean he know anything about ballroom. <laughs> he's still probably calling dips, death drops, and shablams or whatever oh, the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of gay folks. Um, we haven't talked about Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X just kind of... <laughs> he's, he's making the church folks upset. Yes, making all the church folks, deacons, the mother of the house, everybody all just having a moment. And, you know, it's it's good to see this. It's, it's good to see... Now, I know some people have to look at it two ways. They look at He's doing a lot, you know, that he doesn't have to do. And it's something like he's doing enough. And, you know, I know some people are like, they're not big about, you know, the kissing, you know, just to be for, for the, the whole kissing sake of doing it. But I was like, you know, think about the fact that y'all have been selling sex, straight artists have been selling sex to music for so long, especially if you think about rap, hip hop, that has all been sex from Two Live Crew, from, you know, Snoop Dogg, up to you know Migos, all that to this, they, that's been normal. But to now see a gay man do it, I think it's just really throwing things off the rocker. And it's really funny because it's like we don't need to see that on TV. I'm like, yeah, but let's not forget Nelly taking a credit card and, and, and kind of right going through somebody's crack. I mean, let's just remember that what what happened with Lil Nas X just kissing a guy is nothing compared to what we've seen over the years from, you know, all, from all rappers, anything else, hell, even R. Kelly, everything, everything. So it's been fun just to see Lil Nas X kind of grow and everything else. I do hope that he grows as an artist, you know, mm-hmm. you know, do the things like how, even though Prince wasn't gay per se, you know, he evolved his art. And I hope that we see that, from Lil Nas X that it's just not just, you know, flash art, but it's more of like, I'm going to take it to another level. I'm going to take it to another level. You know, go Beyonce with it if you can, but, you know, I wish him the best. He's still, he's like, what, 22? He's young. He's a baby. Yeah. So, you know, wish him the best with all this stuff. I mean, it's fun. It's, I was happy to see him kiss somebody Black because you don't always get to see that. And it was nice to see that type of stuff. Didn't they do like a remember the time uh, a, yeah. a, a homage 
yeah, on it, uh, Saturday night. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was on the BET. BET. The BET. Okay. Yeah. Because and that and that was also kind of key because you know it was nice that he did the kissing and all that stuff on the BET award because you know that's all us. And so mm-hmm. that was like okay because he could have done that on Saturday Night Live and they've been like oh I guess you know the guy just licked his face in that one but he took it to another level with BET. So. They fucking act like he. A uh, raw dog, twenty-five dudes on the uh, the stage of the BT. I'm like, you know what? Let's go back to when Madonna and Britney kissed. Yeah. Uh, on what was it? The MTV Music yeah. Awards. Let's go back to when Madonna was rolling around, uh, talking about like a virgin on that award show. Yeah. Like, don't say that. Oh. Uh, homosexual, you're you're putting homosexuality down our throats and whatnot. I'm like, first of all, no bitch, nobody's putting down anything about your throats. First of all, you are the ones obsessed with homosexuality being shoved down your throat. So you need to unpack that with your therapist, number one. Number two, the minute we do something that is quote unquote gay, all of a sudden you want to bitch and moan that it's being shoved in your faces when for some fucking millennia, heterosexuality was being shoved in our faces, number yeah. two. Number three, you wanna say that homosexuality is a sin or it's unnatural or whatever. There's over 530 species that homosexuality exists in. All of a sudden it's wrong or unnatural when it comes to humans. Bitch, fuck you and your entire mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is funny, especially when they talk about like how we're destroying the black home. I'm like, y'all been doing it. a good job. <laughs> y'all been doing a good job before we can't even do anything. It's usually us saving the black home. So you know, that's <laughs> we the ones keeping the homes together, if you want to be honest. But right. You know, I you know, Lil Nas X is not the first, he would not be the last. And I and I remember when people were really trying, you know, and you know how media is gonna go. Media is gonna Oh, look at Lil Nas X, you know, remember Adam Lambert did that? Because Adam Lambert did that when he didn't make out with a guy on stage. And I was like, well, let's talk about the fact that none of them are the first. Sylvester, Jabriath, a lot of them were way out there before these two. So mm-hmm. we need to go back and remember the history. I mean, Sylvester was not hidden at all. If y'all ever see any of the, the concert clips, which you can see on the YouTube. concert kiss, the covers, like the songs that he was girl when he was talking about menagey when uh patrick uh crowley he was like he was talking about fucking like come on now <laughs> <laughs> yes even in his live album i think in 1978 or 1979 he is he dedicated a song to his lover and said his name so um let's not you know do know the history do know there were ones before it and while we talk about sylvester we need to put out the universe we need a sylvester miniseries or film. We just take need both. that. <laughs> we'll take both. What else are they doing? <laughs> they did a good series with Aretha. Now we got a movie. You can do that too with Sylvester. You can do, we got right. that we got Jennifer. So eventually we will have all these things that we get to see very soon. Uh, but yeah, give us, give us all things Sylvester. It's time. It's time. Especially, uh, I don't know if you knew about this, jumping to something else really quick. They just released a Summer of Soul done by Quest Love. Quest Love produced um, an event that happened, I think, in uh-huh. Hollywood, 
way back in 1969. Yeah, it was in Harlan 69. Yeah. yeah. I saw it on Hulu. Well, I saw the uh, the ad on Hulu and I really want to watch it. Yeah, I watched it and it, it was great. Like it was, again, to see all the black people there, but then to see all the performances, Mahalia Jackson, the Staples Singers. I love the Staples Singers, especially Mavis. Um, to see, um, <laughs> um, to see David Ruffin, because you know, I, if y'all don't know who David Ruffin is, he was a member of the Temptations. He was the lead singer of the Temptations. If you don't know who and, David Ruffin is, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> but you should know because if y'all watched the movie, which many of y'all did, you will remember Leon saying the all-time favorite line: <laughs> "Anybody come to see you, Otis." So <laughs> when I saw that, I, I knew David Ruffin was, I never really remember his face. So when I mm -hmm. saw him in the documentary, I was like, that he, I see why they chose Leon because they look almost alike. They do, and, yeah. But David Ruffin was a tall son, sons of son. Like I was like, this man was tall. Like I get the appeal because he was like, oh, he had all the ladies swooning. And if, if y'all remember uh, Five Heartbeats, that was, taken a little bit from the temptations and a little bit of story with how the temptations went. So it, it was really, really fun to watch that, um, to see Nina Simone. And if you've never seen Nina Simone perform, so I know there's a lot of clips, but you know, you get to, you get to sit down and watch Nina Simone do a poem about being ready. Um, basically say, are black people, are you ready to kill? You kill white folks? Are you ready to kill? Are you ready? And it's a good poem. Y'all have to see it. You have to see it to experience it. Even my favorite group is, I love the fifth dimension, but I love that they talked about how the fifth dimension was kind of caught in the middle because they, when they, when they first came out, people didn't know they were black because they sound white, but they all come from a very black background of a sense of church and what have you. So they do have Marilyn McCool and um, I forgot his name. He's always, they, they've been together for years. Um, and they were talking about that experience that they were ha so happy to perform because they wanted to prove that they're not a white group. They, they do saying things that talk about uplifting black folks. And it was nice just to see them slide the family stone, um, just know how Sly was just so, like they really talk about how, how a lot of them grew up in church, but how they were very, very detail oriented about the music and everything else and how Prince was very influenced by Sly and Family Stone, and you can see it in their performances. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just so much that y'all, you need to watch. It's a good two hours. I watched it last week. It's in the theater. It's also on Hulu. So you get a chance to see it, watch it. It's, it's history. And it's really sad that that's set in a vault for 50 years. Yeah. Um, we got all these documentaries about Woodstock, and you could have thought that Woodstock was the only event that happened child they need to i'm so glad they're showing this because it changes the direction like how they talk like at the time this happened this was when we landed on the moon and back then black folks was like we don't care about going to no damn moon but that money y'all spent going to the moon y'all could have been feeding black folks y'all could have been feeding brown folks like y'all could have been saving places because harlem was going through a rough hatch at that time, people were unemployed, people didn't have jobs, housing was a big issue. And so back then to a lot of black and brown people, going to the moon was like a waste of money. Mm -hmm. so they talk about that too. So it is really, really, really good to see that, to see just so much. Um, right. So check it out y'all, if y'all get a chance to see it. And to piggyback off of that, um, I know they CNN did like the 
that document, that docu-series about the each decade, like the 50s, mm -hmm. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, I think the 2000s too. So they talk about how the 60s were transformative in a sense that you had the civil rights movement going on, you had the women's liberations going on, you had gay rights going on, you had all of these move these movements of human rights, plus you had the Vietnam War going on about to start. You had the assassination of uh, JFK and his brother. Uh, yeah. it, it was such a, the 60s were such a time to be, to live and experience firsthand, but to, you know, to read about it, you would have thought like the world was on fire. Yeah. During that time, because baby, it was we was going through some shit. Yeah. During that time. You're right. Yeah, they mentioned that in Soul Summer. Like that was like you had Martin Luther King, the Kennedys, the war, poverty, all that was just hitting at once. It was like every six months something was happening, every other part mm -hmm. of the year. It was just like bam, 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 bam. And you know, black folks and brown folks at the time, mostly, you know. Black folks was just like being snatched from all over, you know, whether you were dealing with poverty or you had to, you had to join the army because that's how you was paying for stuff or that's how you got out of stuff. Yeah. Um, when you were, you know, if you were in the streets and you was trying not to get into the gangs, you jumped into the army only to come back and to and be treated the way you were. And also the Black Panthers, those were also within those years, the Black Panthers were big, but also mm -hmm. going through, you know, people, you know, some of them being assassinated and, and all that greatness. So, you know, with Fred Hampton and all that stuff. So it's so much that was happening, you know, 70, uh, 67, 72, it was just, that was just a time of just so much darkness, mm -hmm. almost <laughs> kind of darkness, liberation. It was things that, you know, to this day, and I totally get it, this is why our elders talk back to this generation so harshly, you know, like there's a, there was that clip, of uh, Whoopi Goldberg, you know, kind of talking you know, about like, don't piss on us, you know, cause you're, you know, you're pissing on people's shoulders you're standing on. Um, you look back at those days and you go like, wow, they went, they went through some stuff. Like they went through, we have been fortunate. We haven't been through any assassinations of any presidents. Um, I think the closest we've been is Reagan. For some of y'all, you know, Reagan was when he was shot. <laughs> that was that was kind of it. You know, we really didn't have. And then we have Trump. That's about as worse as we got was Trump. Trump was. Well, ain't nobody tried to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny when they now tell us that he almost died from COVID. I'm like, God. We knew we knew it was bad. That motherfucker almost died from COVID when he got his ass up on the the white house and was trying so hard not to cough uh when he ripped off the mask like he was doing some kind of uh oh i beat the terrorists or some bullshit up there and he was he was like i'm like you know what i'm i'm done with her and these antics that she's doing like yeah. get the fuck away from me this stunt queen so yeah, it's it, it was a time, and I recommend everybody to watch that just to kind of see what it was. And you know, if you like Woodstock, that's great. But look at this, because this was kind of our thing. Um, and if you well, think low key, about low key, well, no, actually high key, 
all of the music that was played at Woodstock comes from black music any damn way. So oh, yeah, yeah. just call it what it is. Um, and there was another bit that I'm hearing that may come out where I don't know where it took place, but it had like James Brown also had uh, Tina Turner, Ike and Tina at the time. Um, if y'all haven't seen, oh, and I do recommend this. Um, if y'all haven't seen the Tina documentary on HBO Max, mm-hmm. go look at that. That just I still have not seen it yet. Oh, you, it's 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 a little hard to see because um, she talks about that time, but she talks about that time in a way you see what what that did to her and how she thought that she could never be loved. And that was kind of a really, really sad part because she was like, will I ever find love one day? Will I ever be able to, will anybody ever love me? Have I mm-hmm. ever really had love? Because of her issues with her mother and with Ike. So right. it's, it's heavy, but you know, at, at the end, you're happy for her because she's found her happiness. She found her husband. They live in their castle. <laughs> and, you know, but one thing, one big takeaway I would never forget in that documentary is when she met her husband, he's 30 years younger, I think. He's younger. And um, she told him right off the bat when she first met him that I want you to fly to LA and make love to me. Come here to LA and give me some dick. That's what, that's what she basically told him to do. And he did it. So I, mean, I always go for what you want, people. If you see it, go name it again. For it. That's what Tina did, and now look at her. Castle, husband, happy. <laughs> I mean, if only, if only it was that easy. Well, that's true, too, because you may find, you'll find a couple of frogs before you get that castle, so. <laughs> mm, that's, never mind, you wouldn't need nothing. We ain't gonna go into that. <laughs> Oh, wow. But uh, let's see. Anything else we should talk about? Ooh, Joe. Um, I'm going to call Nick out real quick before he says something. Nick has not finished House X, and he, he needs to get into you know it. We're this is the last episode of Mega Shane. Y'all <laughs> back. <laughs> um, we're now in Planet X-Men, and, you know, they have taking over Mars now, and Storm is now basically the ruler of Mars, the, the true king of space. <laughs> so mm. you got to get caught yeah, I need to get on up. You get on it because, and um, spoiler <laughs> alert, Scholar Witch is dead in the comics. So Magneto's about to get a little upset. So that's the next train mm. we got to get on because um, who did it and why they did it. So into it if y'all have not it's um if you are reading the comics it's x factor 10 you can't get it it's sold out um however if you get you can get the cover phil jimenez friend of the show did some covers for um pride month and that one has um north star so i just got that one because i was late and didn't get it and it's sold out uh, but get it um and you know check it out it's gonna be really good but yeah Trial Magneto's on its way. Planet X-Men is happening. And um, it's a lot going down. So Nick, you got to get caught up. I know, girl. It's not like I'm doing anything else except running around the house looking stupid. <laughs> Don't say it like that. Girl, it's just, 
you know, I just finished, well, actually, you know what? I'm lying. I was about to say, I just finished putting all my shit away from tour. I was like, no, I still got clothes all over the place. Thinking like, well, maybe I need another closet. I'm like, no, bitch, you need to give away some of these clothes that still have the tags on it from last year. Uh-huh. Well, you can wear them now. You can wear them now. <laughs> uh, I wear them around the house, show off for the cats. <laughs> I might do that. I don't know. Well, I don't you can make know. a. You can do a. We'll you know, see. A fashion show on uh, Instagram. You can do, it. do what you need to do. <laughs> I'm not doing all that, girl. <laughs> all right well i i guess that's it for right now um, we will take a break and we come back we have a extra special interview uh so we'll be right back all right and we are back thank you so much for staying in tune with megasheen uh this episode we are thrilled to have uh this next guest on the show he is the winner of the uh, Gavin 2020 Best Actor Award and current uh, performer of the year. He's been in the uh, adult entertainment industry since 20, 2008 and is credited to making films with studios that includes mid.com, uh, iconmail.com. He is the narrator of the recently released documentary uh, Being Black and Porn which follows the lives of four gay men of color as they navigate their way in the competitive and often complicated adult film industry. Please welcome to Megasheen, Mr. D'Angelo Jackson to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Um, And D'Angelo, I have to say that I came across you in a very, very, very interesting video. I think it was one where you were getting um, a massage and you end up getting a special surprise. That was one of the first times I saw you and I was like, oh, okay, who is this new person? I have not seen him, but this was very exciting. <laughs> so I am very happy to be talking to you because I was like, this was <laughs> a very good video. It's in one of my favorite lists, my playlist as I call it. Um, so. Very glad to have you on this <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is awesome. That is uh, that has definitely become one of my um, one of my more uh, popular videos for uh, some of my, my new followers. So yeah, that was fun to make. Yes, it looked fun to make. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and just jump right into it because uh, we have some a few questions here for you. Uh, so you are the narrator of this new documentary uh, titled Being Black and Porn uh, with co-executive producer and also friend of the show, uh, Dwight Allen O'Neill. Uh, tell us about your experience about being part of this project. Um, I have been wanting to, to, um, to bring it to the forefront for a few years now. Um, and I think, you know, with the... Uh, resurgence of Black Lives Matter movement. It kind of, it even amplified it even more as far as putting a battery in my back to really um, tell a story that something that really hasn't been spoke about on film. Um, it's one of those things, you know, it's conversations that, you know, we have off camera, but it's never been documented. You know, it's never really been brought to the masses for a lot of people, you know, to know what's going on, you know, with, with people of color within the industry. 
and what you know what we've gone through and had to go through as far as the stereotypes the racism um how we're being paid and treated and all of that and it was something that i thought was important um i wanted to use what little platform that i do have to to really shed you know put some spotlight on such a uh, a very important topic to me you know um so this is my baby something i've been really trying to work on it's kind of hard trying to find um a lot of models that were, were brave enough to to really uh, speak up about it. Um, I'm not sure if it was just, you know, of them feeling as though that they were going to be blacklisted or what. But it was a little difficult finding models that would really um, tell their story um, on camera. So I was happy that, you know, for the models that were to find them, you know, so they can really tell their story and, you know, to get that through to the masses. <clears throat> wow, that's that's disheartening to hear. That you know, people yes. are in fear to talk about this because I feel like this is always talked about, whether it's on Twitter, um, whether someone's written an article about it, or what have you. It's always been talked about for many years, and it's. Mm -hmm. I thought I just thought it was time that everybody would step out. I remember when Diesel Washington used to talk about it so much, uh, and you know, I and then all of a sudden things changed in his career. So I I understand the fear, but I was hoping that more people would have spoke out about this. Yeah, so was I. I was, um, you know, it was a little disappointing. I couldn't get, you know, all the models that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's one of those things, you know, if you don't, if you don't really have anything to say as far as, you know, being in front of a camera, don't really speak about it or complain about something when you had the chance or the opportunity to, you know, to speak about it with, you know, <laughs> as far as you being in this movie. So it's one of those things, it's, you know, I've gotten, you know, some, um, some negative comments from uh, just from some people watching the trailer. I haven't even seen a movie yet, but just having, you know, just negative view on it. You know, why is it this model in it? Or why is he the one that's, that's speaking about this? I'm like, well, I've, we tried to, you know, have more people speak about it, but unfortunately it was like uh, pulling teeth to try to um, have some, a lot more people participate in it, unfortunately. <clears throat> wow, that is, that's something else that really is. Um, now, you just mentioned this. You mentioned about the Black Lives Matter movement and how big that was last summer. That just kind of took over our country um, as we were marching all over all over the states. Um, mm -hmm. Why did you believe it was time um, or past due to make this documentary about this subject? What really motivated you? I kind of mentioned it, but what really motivated you to go forward and like you're doing this right now? Well, you know, like it's been mentioned before, I've been in a gang for 10 years now. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, I would love to, to leave this industry better off than when I came into it, you know, um, it's just something that had been bothering me for years, um, working within this industry and it's just like, man, just why has it, I've never, I've, there's, like I said, there's been people that's spoken about it, but, you know, I just wanted something like on a, on a larger platform. And I think if, if we don't speak about it, then there's, there's, there's no conversation to be had. There's nothing that's going to change. And for me, it was just something that was just, that was bugging me. And, you know, especially like last, last summer, I was like, man, we've got to get this out here. We've got to make changes. Um, we've got to get this, these stories out here. If not, then, you know, what are we doing? What am I doing? You know, I, I'm just within the industry. I'm not making any change. Yeah. When I leave, I, I want, I want to leave it better off. That's, that's my whole thing. I don't want to leave it worse off than, than when I first came, you know, things have changed slowly. Then it, it was, things are better now than it was 
10 or 15 years ago. Um, but things can be a lot, a lot better than what they were. <clears throat> Very true. And, and as you mentioned 10 years ago, I think about when you saw black models, you saw them in gangbang prison. Mm-hmm. Was so mm-hmm. huge. Black ball. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was black ball. One, two, three, four, and five. And I was like, okay, there's a lot of great, beautiful men in here, but can they leave this and go to other, you know, stories? Mm-hmm. So what have you? Maybe one or two may get that opportunity, but it was kind of sad to see all these great, beautiful black men in these movies, and then you just never saw them again, unless it was mm-hmm. solo or another prison game thing. Yeah, that always bothered me because you know they were never lawyers. They were never, you know, um, right. It was, just, it was just, it was just for me why, why that, why the narrative was always so degrading and yeah. so, um, so um, stereotypical. Like right. this is like this is a this is a problem. Why isn't anyone saying anything about this? The titles of the movies, the, the BBCs and the um, Black Cops Matter. I'm just like, oh my god, this, this is yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> It is, and it's interesting. I mean, I under, to some degree, people will say, well, that's the fantasy, that's what makes the money, but at the same time, that's also what keeps us in this box and, or don't allow us to be anything else but this horrible fantasy to other people. And we're treated like that in real life due to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So uh, like you said, you started uh, back in the industry in about 2008. Um, since then, have you directly experienced any kind of racism either on the film set by the director or by the, the actors themselves? Uh, you know, I've, I've been fortunate within my career to have never faced any um, in your face or direct racism um, on set. Or by anyone that's that I've ever worked with, I've never had that experience. But I've I've spoken to a lot of performers of color that have gone through that, and it's just for me, it's just like okay, um, I've been blessed to have not have gone through that. But for me, I feel it's it's still incumbent upon me to to try to make changes for other models that are going to be coming behind me. You know, I will never want for anyone of black or brown. To, to experience some of the things that some, you know, things that some models have gone through. Everyone should be paid the same. You know, um, everyone should, should, uh, should be made to feel comfortable when they're on set. You should not be forced to film with someone you don't want to film with. You should not be forced to um, play bottom or top for that matter. You should be able to choose what you want to do. You know, so it's just one of those things where back then that really wasn't an option for some models. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I'm thinking about that. Also, being kind of the older person, of, just thinking about the roles of Black people in porn was just the top. Or the, I think back way back, way back when they were like the guard or somebody will come in and, you know, rape this little white boy or what have you. And then that was the role and that was it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting to think about the roles of the past and mm-hmm. how that has kind of changed. Now, as we, 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 know the, we know the game, we know gay porn. We love it, we watch it. We also know it's inherently racist um, in a lot of different ways. Again, with the, with the stuff that we have been discussing right now. Now, who responsibility really 
is it to make that change? Is it the industry or is it the fans? Should we be the ones pushing for this or should it be a little bit of both? I think, I think, um, I think it is a little bit of both. Um, but I really do feel as though it's, it's on the companies to, to really make that change. I, I don't want to, you know, um, hurt anyone's bottom line. But, you know, Black men, we are the, we are the most searched for a term, you know, in, in Pornhub. We make, we bring in the most money for these companies. Wow. So why can't we change the narrative? Why can't, you know, why can't, you know, I'm a, you know, a doctor, it's two doctors, two Black doctors. You know, I just want the, the narrative to change. I want for it to be more realistic. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's slowly changing, but it's like, you're right. If we don't ask for it, then I guess, you know, we, we aren't going, going to get that change. But I really, I think we've been asking for this for years though, you know? Um, but then the thing is, you know, we have, unfortunately we have, you know, black, black owned companies that play into it as well. Um, that we have to talk about that as well. (laughs) So it's like, Hey, you know, you know, we have our own folks that's, that's feeding into it as well. So it's like, okay. We have, we have to we have to do better. We just have to do. We have to start from somewhere. True. Very true. So the film uh, mentions uh, this kind of competitiveness in the adult film industry uh, between black actors, and that's not saying that the competitiveness is uh, specific to the uh, adult film industry. Um, can you speak more on that and how that affects certain casting calls that you might go on? Um, <laughs> I have to, you know, it's one of those things that's, that's very controversial. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> as far as, as far as any kind of competition or anything like that, amongst models, especially models of color, um, I've never personally i don't think so i've never you know had to, to fight for anything that i was cast for or i don't think i was stepping on anyone's toes for me personally i've always wanted to i've always been the one that mentioned names to companies as far as trying to you know bring in more models of color to companies that are maybe like predominantly uh white and it's just for me it's unfortunate that that's that is something and it's not even with companies it's with only fans and these, you know, these uh, these very um, these fan sites, and unfortunately, I think us as Black folks, we kind of still treat each other like as crabs in a barrel. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I'm, <laughs> it's just it's that kind of mm-hmm. mentality of of you know, you see someone doing well, you can't you know you can't praise them. You have to do something to try to bring them down for some reason. I just for me, I just never understood that, and it's just it's a mentality that's that still is um is a problem. Um, within the industry and within our within our community as a whole. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it comes down to that whole. Uh, one of the things it comes down to is the whole um, the token black or the only the one black person can be in this group, and you know mm-hmm. it becomes that weird Wonder Woman uh, tournament <laughs> challenge. You're like, which one of us <laughs> is going to be the one who's going to have this role to be in this group? And right. It's kind of sad because I feel like that's been that's been around since slavery, that type of mentality of like which one of us gets to go in the house, which one of us will be, you know, will be treated better. And it mm-hmm. and it's really sad that even in this industry where I feel like y'all should be lifting each other up. Because I feel exactly. like exactly I mean, I'll be if I was in porn, 
I will be like trying to make sure that my brothers are just getting in everything, if not trying exactly. to do my own thing. Because I exactly. feel like we need to change, you know, I've always wanted us to be like hot time in Hawaii or, you know, the doctor, as you was saying, and, you know, stuff like that. And so I feel like I would want that, but I also, I, I also think it's fine to be competitive in a way like, okay, I saw what you did. I'm going to do that too. I'm going to do something different. We're going to do this. Oh, now we're going to collaborate and do something together, you know, make it to a, a big thing. So I do hope that part changes, but I want to ask this question, kind of going back to the whole Black token, the, you know, the special Black, if you can get in that group, that plays a lot with people's mental health. And so in a lot of ways, how have you kind of managed your mental health throughout your time in the industry? Mm. Through prayer, through prayer and um, <laughs> going to the gym. I, I'll say this, my my therapy is is me going to the gym, me, well, me staying very grounded, extremely humble, um, Staying in my lane. When I say that, I you know I mind my business. Mm -hmm. I don't you know I don't want no trouble. Uh, I'm not someone that's really outspoken. Outspoken as far as, um, as far as there, there are some people. There is like some performers who are extremely outspoken. I think that's great, but I think it can it can be uh, um, it can be a, a, a negative thing. And um, some models have have been in the game for a long time or even for a short time. Mm -hmm. And it's completely changed them. It's completely changed them. They've become very arrogant, very nasty towards people, oh, um, especially the you know fans and stuff. I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. These, you know, I just, I don't understand um, that kind of that kind of energy of changing. Um, and for me, if if I haven't changed within you know in ten years, in ten years plus, you know, I don't understand why anyone would um, let let this go to your head. You know, yeah, you you know, you are great. You're you're a poor model. You look great. What would would whoop? You know, award winning. <laughs> that's that's great. That's great. But listen, you know, what are you what are you going to be in a year or two or five years from now? You know that this 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 body, this shell, is going to change. So I hope that what you're doing now, you're you're, you're setting aside money. You're you know you're you're building a future for yourself, and not letting it change you. So once you get out of the game, you don't need a lot of therapy. You know, I've I've been fortunate. Um, even though I've, I've seen a lot and been through a lot, I've remained very humble and, and down to earth and um, always um, very grateful for the um, success that I've had and extremely grateful for anyone that recognizes me or comes up to me and gives me a hug. I love it. I love all of that. I think that's um, amazing. And I always remind them, child, I ain't nobody. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I, I ain't nobody. I'm just like you. So just, you know, um, for me, it's just it's important to surround yourself with people that that you um, that that put off good energy and that are also prayed up, you know, and um, that, that also keeps you grounded as well. That's very true. I've heard horror stories about uh, actors getting, you know, caught up in drugs mm -hmm. uh, and every which way and it, it just changes them and they don't they don't know how to get out and they don't mm -hmm. have any kind of support system to help them get out mm -hmm. they kind of just mm -hmm. they're trapped yeah. it's sad I've, I've seen that as well you know to see it just you know and physically they change you know you could you mm -hmm. could tell that you know they've they've been through something and or or they're on something or both and it just is it's horrible when you see that you know that person just completely 
change, you know, mentally and physically like that. Yeah. Uh, now, Noir Mail uh, has received a lot of heat uh, in the past years from the lack of non-white actors to the founder, uh, Chichi LaRue's sexual allegations against some of the uh, actors. Do you think those past issues will have fans not wanting to give the documentary a chance? I think it doesn't, um, it certainly doesn't help, but um, I'm hoping that regardless of that, they still do give it a chance to look at. I mean, for me, it's, it is not connected to Nora, Nora Mel at all. This is, this is a topic that is about black men in porn. It doesn't, it, the company be damned. This is about a topic about black men in porn. Um, so that's, that's the thing that I think, um, anyone that's interested, you know, should focus on um, and just and put that aside for now. Mm -hmm. We can we can have that, you know, that conversation. That's just like a different, you know, a different uh, movie within itself right there. So, <laughs> but oh, I will for, uh, <laughs> I will for people to um, just, you know, really focus on this, this important topic and just um, and not not get distracted by any any outside noise. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Um, we already kind of talked about, you know, people, you know, being afraid of being blackballed and we'll all kind of move from that. Um, but thinking about gay porn and the history of gay porn, it is in a lot of ways, it's sometimes centered around toxic masculinity and some will argue that that's kind of a kink and some will argue that's kind of the negative side of things. I think of the, you know, the kids today are challenging everything. So therefore, they may see it a different way than how we may, you know, seen it when we grew up. Um, let me see. Do you think it's you think that this whole hyper masculinity piece is more prevalent in black gay porn than other porn, or or and, and if so, what do you think of you know what 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 do you think studios are doing to maybe combat this or confront this before it goes in a different? direction they didn't want it to go into. That's, a, that's, a good, that's actually, I mean, that's a really good question. I've never, honestly, I've never really thought about that. Um, but, but hearing it, I, I can definitely see that. Um, I'm not sure if it's, if it's more prevalent within, as far as black models, as it is with white models. Um, honestly, I've really honestly never even thought about that before, but I was just thinking about it. I've, you know, it's rare that you see, um, really, you know, um, a feminine, you know, uh, black performers now or, or ever. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I've honestly, I've never really thought about that. Of something, I don't think, I'm not even sure if companies are doing this intentionally mm -hmm. when it comes to black performers. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure about that one. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that too, because in, in some ways, for example, you look at some OnlyFans accounts. Um, sometimes it, it's that, it's that hyper masculinity of a sense of that people really like, you know, you, you, there are certain um, models that really kind of push that out there. Um, in mm -hmm. the overall sense of at the white, the white world, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I think of Grant's boys. Um, one of them in particular, Jordan is a hyper male, but that is very, that sells. And a lot of people love that about him being that way. So as I, I kind of wonder if, we're as black people looked at differently than it is when it was white folks being in that role. And is it considered more of a negative with us than it is with them? So I've, I've always kind of wondered that as well. Like, 
where does that line get, where does it get even or where is it kind of really just disconnects? Mm, yeah, wow, I mean, yeah, I've never, I've never thought about that. That is a, that's really interesting. Um, I wish I had an answer for that. I honestly don't, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Well, I think I think with hypermasculinity, especially in the gay community, we we're always we always have those extremes about us. So, you know, we don't want to be regarded as quote unquote straight. However, some men who identify as bottoms want their tops to quote unquote take care of them in a sense. Mm. So they turn to this hyper-masculine man that, oh, I, I go to the gym, I do construction, you know, I'm all these <laughs> masculine jobs, but then again, I dip down my bottom and in, in such a way that makes me not too gay, but gay enough in an aspect. Uh, and I think hyper-masculinity is an, an issue with not just gay Black men, but Black people in general, because we see mm. a lot of that in regards of the church. Mm. Uh, there was a, um, I remember a long time in college, I wrote a paper about hypermasculinity and the effects, the negative effects it has on Black men in church. Uh, and I tied it to an Alvin Ailey piece, a dance piece. And it was just, we can see, we don't have to research how masculinity negatively affects us we've lived it you know mm. having uh, a father that wasn't there or having society view us as predatory or some kind of negative connotation towards us simply because we are black mm. so it's it's an interesting i would love to have a, a more in-depth conversation about hypermasculinity when it pertains to queer black men sometime in the future. I think, I think that would be a fantastic conversation. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. Um, I think we went over that. Uh, I think we have maybe one more question yeah. um, and then we can kind of wrap it up here. Uh, so what do you see for your career going forward and do you have any advice for anyone wanting to get in the industry? <laughs> um, I'm going to answer the uh, the last question first. Uh, I've, look, I've gotten in trouble by my manager for uh, for not for being a little too honest when I when I say this. <laughs> um, as far as anyone um, getting in the industry, it's never been anything that I've really promoted because I know, just like we spoke about this earlier of how it can really um, chew you up and spit you out mm -hmm. if you aren't ready for it. You know, it can, it can really destroy you. If, if you are, especially if you get into it too young, it can really, really, really affect you in a horrible way. Um, I just want my advice to anyone wanting to, and if they are, if they're committed to it. So once, you know, one for you to know that this is permanent, you know, once, once you've made that first video and it's posted, baby, that's, that's it. You know, so if you aren't out, if your family doesn't know that you're gay, they're going to know. Somebody's going to see this. Or or if you, you know, if you want to do something outside of porn, just know that this is just this is something that's going to follow you for the rest of your life. So you have to make it, you know, be committed, be smart. 
Um, know what you want. Don't, do not let someone tell you what you're going to do, who you're going to work for. You know, um, it's just, it's, it's a lot of vultures out there that can really, you know, um, try to take advantage of you. I would say, wait, wait until you're at least in your mid twenties and know that you, uh, this is what you want to do because it's something that's, that can affect your, like, your life for the rest of your life. And, um, that would be my only advice. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really hard job, especially if you're young, um, especially now. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't as difficult, I would say, 10 years ago, but with OnlyFans, um, you can make your own content now. So it's like, you don't really have to, you know, be a part of a company if you don't want to be. But mm-hmm. just know that this, this is something that, uh, that is going to affect the rest of your life. So just be committed, be smart about it. Um, and treat it as a job because it is. Yeah. This this is this this is you know this is a business, you know. Um, and have fun with it. Don't be too serious about it. But <laughs> always protect yourself and you know just um, have fun and just you know treat it like a business. Yeah. And to answer your first question, I'm actually already in in um, in, a, in the uh, the works of starting to film some mainstream content. Like uh, I'm, right now, I'm, I'm in the middle of, of uh, filming a series, a television series. I can't speak too much about it right now, mm-hmm. okay. but this is something that I've wanted to do as far as like slowly trans transition from um, adult work into like mainstream work. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God, it's not it's not as hard as as it would have been two years ago with yeah, my background right. to trans, you know, to slowly move over to like to mainstream. I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm going to work for uh, for Disney or nobody like that. <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's it's definitely easier for me to, um, you know, to cross over into, you know, to mainstream acting and um and modeling. It'd be nice to, you know, to model, you know, with some clothes on, um, or at least, you know, some underwear on. So, you know, and and the older I get, it's like, you know, I'm just ready just to, you know, slowly start to, you know, to turn this page into something else. I've been doing this for a long time. I think I've I think I've um, accomplished a lot, and this 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 goes back to my 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 other point was just I want to leave this this business better off than when I came into it, and that right there would just put a big smile on my face, knowing that anyone that comes behind me, they're going to have it just a little bit easier than than what I had it when I first came into it. So I'm like super excited about you know. Um, what I'm working on right now in my future is just, it's, it's bright. And I'm just, you know, I'm so stoked and yeah. revved up. And that's really good to hear. I'm glad that you have a plan because one of the things I learned in Los Angeles, we have, you know, people, young men who do get in the industry. And I, I have helped some young men when they were trying to get out of the industry of kind of understanding like, what is, what is my next step? And so I think a lot of the times you're right. They, they get in very young. They don't really think about what they're really doing, what, what impact of what that really is, what happens when mm-hmm. you're recognized, not only in the street or in WeHo, but in class. Mm. Um, and so it's always something uh, that if anybody that I know are thinking of getting into, especially OnlyFans. OnlyFans is where everybody feels they can do one now. <laughs> and so... Mm-hmm. I have talked with friends like, be sure this is what you want to do because that's work too. Because it's like self-publishing; you don't have all of the of the resources that you would have had if you was a part of All Worlds. That's way gone. Right. But if you was a part of that or Catalina or Falcon, you don't have that 
those tools. And so you really have to work at it. And for those who are doing it successfully, you know, congratulations to them. But I just feel like that is a lot of work and a big commitment if you mm-hmm. really right. do that. Very oh, yeah. So everyone, everyone that's doing OnlyFans now, they um, some of them give, give themselves the title of being a porn star now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, oh, are you a porn star now? Okay, that's cute. Okay, you, you made you made you made two videos, and now you're a porn star. You I guess it's, you know that yeah. is how, that's how I feel. Like some people, you know, Twitter is has has become the big advertisement for everybody. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. I'm like, and I and I even say like, does everybody deserve to have to do this? Because I'm like, I don't. You know, you you'll kind of look at some clips and things. You're like, mm, okay, but you know, there are professionals that you can maybe learn some things from. You know, there's just some things that they they don't get if they're not working with industry. Not saying that you know, I'm not saying that they have to work in industry, but I feel like OnlyFans has really opened that door, opened the gates to everybody doing it, and now everybody can do that. So I I do appreciate y'all, those professionals who are. Really, who know the score? I just hope that you know someday that these people with the two videos or more are actually trying to learn their craft better. Yes, absolutely, and not just trying to get a, a quick buck for a, a summer because, like I said, it's just a permit, it's permanent, and once it's out there, it's you know, once it's, it's you know, there. it's out there permanently, so you know. Yeah. Well, I, that is pretty much all we have today. Um, D'Angelo, where can everybody find you? Where can you be found and also where your project can be found? You can um, you can find me. I'm on Instagram at the one D'Angelo. Um, my Twitter is D'AngeloJXXX. You can um, also find the, um, the trailer for being black, being black and, um, and gay, being black and porn um, on my Instagram as well, and my Twitter, and that's actually going to be released um, this coming this coming fall. We just um, submitted it to um, some festivals, some film festivals, you know, for the fall. So mm-hmm. just keep uh, keep an eye out this fall for the release, yeah. um, the full release, you know. And I'm super excited, and that's where you can find me and all 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 the good stuff there. Yeah, and I'm excited to see this documentary. I am <clears throat> see what y'all got to say. So I'm very excited for this. Yeah, yeah same. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. And we wish you luck in all your endeavors. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was fun. (laughs) Thank you.